we can t- go into it later, but we've had a couple times where it was like pretty stressful. I don't know about that. Maybe for you. I wasn't stressed. Welcome to Off the Bean Path, but not lost. With Tony, Kristen, Kylie, and Lexi. Join us on this RV full-time living journey. Across the beautiful United States. Where the fail was. Welcome to episode 89. In this episode, we're talking about RV trip planning, how we do it. We get a lot of questions about planning all the time. Do you like it? Is it hard? Are you scared? Like, where are you ever worried about where you're going to be? Yeah. All the things. I think other people are more worried about how, where we're going to end up. Yeah. <laughs> we've had to, we've, we can t- go into it later, but we've had a couple times where it was like pretty stressful. I don't know about that. Maybe for you. I wasn't stressed. Maybe you were because you were the planning person. And there's a there was a couple there's a couple factors that maybe at that point were like like for example before we had Starlink it was oh yes, much that harder was stressful. Mm-hmm. It was much harder to find a really good like boondocking spot. We're going to give you the best tools, apps, useful tips to make sure that it's not stressful for you. <laughs> if you need any of the links in this episode, you can find them at thefailas.com slash 89. Make sure you're following us at the Fayolas on Facebook and Instagram. We'd love for you to leave us a question there. We're going to play it in our 100th episode, which is coming up soon. Yeah, it's right around the corner. The girls will be back next week, but they are skipping this podcast as well. Another boring topic for them, but it's an important one that we wanted to do. Yeah, because we can't let them plan our route. Yeah. Then would be it. Disney. Disney. (laughs) We'd be going on cruises or something. I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) Yep, exactly. There's a couple reasons why you want to make sure that you're good at planning. Um, Let's just talk vacationing. Vacationing, you only have a certain amount of time, so you want to make sure that your route is planned properly so that you can, you know, you can capitalize on as much time as possible you want to be efficient yes (laughs) Um, so that's important when you're full-timing it's important because you're always doing it and you're always moving you're always changing spots um, and route planning can make or break your time yeah (laughs) for sure all right so let's talk about why it's important to plan ahead number one avoiding unpleasant surprises yeah, a big thing there is, uh, f- like for us, we usually, I use multiple mapping apps in some cases, especially out west with in the mountain ranges and stuff. Um, I don't want to come across any road that is not RV friendly. Some apps don't don't recognize road closures or dirt roads or anything like that. So I don't want to come up on anything like unexpected when I'm in my RV with the Jeep in tow, because then it makes it a whole, a whole extra problem. And we also want to make sure like along the way that when we stop, like for an overnight or for even an extended stay, we want to make sure that the campsite is open and that it's suitable for our rig. We've come across 
several places where I thought it was going to be amazing and our rig couldn't fit or the campsites were all full. Yeah. So making sure that you're looking ahead and planning a little ways ahead to make sure that you can limit the amount of surprises. And that, that also goes into that is maybe having a plan B or a C, which we mm-hmm. we do usually, but we have come across situations where we didn't and we had to wing it. The next thing is safety. So this is important, especially with weather. You don't, you know, like if it's very windy, for example, and mm-hmm. you're going across the Mackinac Bridge, you might need to stay. Yeah, you might need to ride it out for a night in a rest area. <laughs> or driving across South Dakota. That's another really bad area if you if it's really windy. Yep. And especially out west, you get fire danger and stuff and smoke and that kind of thing. That can put a damper on your travels. Another important reason to plan ahead is for budget management. Uh, when you are planning ahead, you are going to know for the most part how much you're going to be spending at different campsites, fuel, camp, you know, campgrounds, attractions, anything you have planned, you're able to budget ahead of time for those things. And then obviously have like a little unexpected budget set aside. <laughs> yep. And another one thing that helps with that, like when we use road trippers, we can see a lot of the attractions along the way mm-hmm. that are v- close to our route, but that's an easy way to, to find free stuff. So if it's just like quick stops here and there, uh, little roadside attractions and stuff that we like. Another reason is to maximize your time. We talked about this a little bit earlier when I said, you know, if you're just planning a vacation, you want to make sure that you maximize all your time. But you want to do that as well with RV living. For example, we have gone back to the same area now twice. <laughs> you don't always want to do that. When you're planning ahead, you can make sure that you have campsites in the right areas so that you're not driving 45 minutes to your attractions. You know, you can make sure that you're not spending extra time looking for a campsite, Mm -hmm. you know, if you're planning ahead. Um, And all the other things, you know, making sure that you're not backtracking to go to certain things, you know, on your route, that you're you're making a, you know, a one-way route. Yeah, instead of of a bunch of figure eights and spaghetti noodles on your map. Another reason why it's important to plan ahead is for comfort and convenience. You want to make sure that you're going to have your Wi-Fi, that you're going to have sewer dump stations, that you're going to have laundry when you need it. We ran into an issue there driving from Big Bend up. uh, We didn't have any laundry places, and every single piece of clothing in our entire house was (laughs) dirty, I'm pretty sure. Turns out 10 days is our limit without doing laundry. (laughs) You also want to make sure that you're respecting regulations. Different states, parks, and campgrounds all have different rules. Yeah, planning ahead. If you have a campground, or even before you book the campground, as you're in your planning stages, look at their website. They usually, if their website's decent, they'll usually have, like, their policies and all that stuff. Some of them have the age limits, which I rarely see those enforced. You also want to make sure that everything you have is legal. So, for example, you know, you can't take certain things to Canada. You can't take certain things to Mexico. You can't take certain things to California. So you want to make sure that you are legal in the state that you're driving through. Um, So those are also laws that you want to make sure you know about. Another good tip is ensuring your vehicle is ready for the road. That would include checking the the overall condition of the RV, making sure it's roadworthy, checking the tires, 
an oil change, if it's a motor home, generator, oil change, make sure everything's functioning properly before you get on the road and before you get out into the boonies when you're and you're not near a Home Depot or a Amazon locker or if you need to order <laughs> parts for something, you want to make sure that you're ready for that. That way you don't have to drive over a mountain yep. to get a water pump. Yep. Sometimes along the journey, <laughs> there's things that you can't plan for and just things break as you're traveling. So. And then you learn that you should carry around an extra water pump. <laughs> yeah. And fuses and that kind of thing. Like mm-hmm. if you're equipped with solar, you should have fuses, which we learned the hard way. And we actually have a podcast about this at thefayolas.com slash 74 where we talk about all the tips for RV maintenance. And most importantly, planning ahead allows you to relax and enjoy the journey and know that you're prepared for whatever may come your way. All right, what are some tools we use for planning? I think the biggest one that we use would be RV Trip Wizard. Yes, this is a popular online tool. We love it. It's part of, what is it called? The RV... RV Life. Yeah, RV Life. Uh, they have like multiple things. They have the trip wizard. They have like a RV maintenance thing. Yeah, like a maintenance log. Mm-hmm. They have a RV friendly GPS. There's a lot of tools that come with it. Uh, we mainly use the RV trip wizard, and that I enjoy that. Like you started out with it. You started out planning all the routes and stuff, and then I slowly took over. And I enjoy it. I like to see like maybe like, when we're planning ahead, like I I can put a something in. F- if it's May and I'm planning our summer out, I can say, okay, by the end of summer, we're going to end up at point B. Now we can start planning in between. I'll start looking for like stuff in between, maybe national parks or uh, national monuments or just maybe lesser known attractions. Mm-hmm. This tool allows you to create like a detailed travel map. So the map, there's a map and then you can see the route like on the map itself. Yep. So it's really easy to plan the stops. You can lock in stops. So if we're planning in January, for example, and we know we have a stop in June, we can actually put that June one in and then lock in the dates. So then we know how many days between now and June yep. that we have to fill in. So yep. it's a really cool app. And right on the right on the sidebar it'll tell you you have hundred and twenty seven days unplanned. Yep. And another cool feature about it is it'll allow you to put in um, like your preferred driving miles. Yep. You can set it. Yep. You can set it by time. You can set it by distance. You can actually add in your vehicle and your like rate of travel and your preferences and stuff like that. So when I compare, like, say I put a destination in Google Maps and it tells me four hours from my location to my destination. I can put that in the RV trip wizard there in right in the trip wizard or in the GPS. And it'll tell me uh, the time based off of what I put in there. Like if, if our average rate of travel is like 55 miles per hour, it'll tell, it'll compensate for that. And it might tell me that's actually going to take you five and a half hours because Google maps just goes by the posted speed limits. It's really cool. On the actual map itself, there's a, green like squig well it depends on how you do it you can do um what is it like by road or something so you can do it like as radiuses so it's just a complete circle 
um, like, a, like a round circle, or it'll actually go by the road. So it'll be kind of like a squiggly line based on the roads that you're taking, which mm-hmm. is kind of cool. And there will be a green one, a yellow one, and a red one. And those... Those are determined by what you put in there. Yeah. So let's say you like to drive three hours. That's your green line. Four or five hours would be like your yellow line. And then, you know, seven hours is your red line. Yeah. You don't want to drive any more than red. So what's really cool is on the map you'll see that. So when you're planning, you can say, okay, I need to put a campsite here. Or we need to find a campsite somewhere around this area. Yep. So it's a really cool feature, I think. As you're looking at that, you can add to your filters, and it'll actually show you what campgrounds are available in that distance. And another cool feature about the campgrounds is they have a ton of campgrounds, maybe all of the campgrounds in there at this point. I don't know. I don't know. There's thousands. Yeah, there's thousands. So when you're changing those filters around, you'll see all of the different campgrounds, and you can decide, you know, what kind of campground you want to stay in. Yep. And what's really cool is when you click on the campground, you can see reviews, of the campground, real reviews. We've left reviews as well yep. right in this system. And what I like about that is you can get more real-time information because some, sometimes you you click on a website and it's there's – if they're not, you know, web savvy, they're out of date and stuff like that. So you can actually see people who have stayed there last week what they have to say about it. Exactly. On the filters that you were talking about, there's also a section where you can type in, you know, the types of hookups and feature, like if you want sewer and electric, all of that, you Mm -hmm. can type that in. If you need a dog friendly park, if you need, you know, a pool, I mean, all that stuff is like a feature on there that you can turn on and off as well. Yep. They also have points of interest in there as well that you can type in. And another cool feature is their memberships. So you can actually take your membership. So let's say you have a AAA, you have a thousand trails, thousand trails, Encore, anything like that. And then you can rank them. So you can put them in order. So for example, for us, you know, thousand trails is the best one for us because it's free. So we'll put that one first and then we'll put, you know, a good Sam and then we'll put, you know, like, or whatever. Yep. And so then when you're looking for different campgrounds, it'll, it'll tell you what you want to see. And this app is there. Is there a free one of this one? That I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't, think we've always had the paid version. And it's but it's only fifty nine dollars a year, and it's totally worth it. Yeah. You, if you are traveling this lifestyle, and you stress about planning, I think it's important to have it. Like mm-hmm. I can get in there at any time and see where we're going to be and how far out we're scheduled. And what's again, what's really cool about it is you can, as soon as you get a campsite you can plan it and you can lock in those dates. So let's say we have one for like six months. We can plan that, lock it in, and then we don't have to worry about that. And then we know how many days in between we have to find a spot for it. It's actually a very convenient tool. Yeah, when I first started doing it, I was a little intimidated by it because I'm not a very good planner. Or technology person. But (laughs) it's something that I've come to enjoy. So, Because I've always loved maps. I love Google Maps and I love finding things so that's like right up my alley the next tool we use is the road pass plus and this actually includes multiple things it's 49.99 a year so 50 dollars a year it includes road trippers which is 36 dollars by itself so if you want to use road trippers you could pay the extra because you also get campendium as well which is another like invaluable tool that we use because we do a lot of boondocking 
So let's talk about Road Trippers first. Road Trippers is a web-based app. It's also a mobile app. And it allows you, well, well, I think you can actually put campsites and stuff in there too. So instead of using um, RV Trip Wizard, you could use this. Mm -hmm. But we actually don't use it for that at all. I don't like that. It's not set up for us as well. Um, But what we use it for is finding all the fun things to do, like the interest, the museums, the quirky things, the all the things that we want to do between points. So we just kind of have both RV RV Trip Wizard opened and road trippers and then we just kind of make a map on both of them with our route yep. and then road trippers allows us to find things to do and that's kind of fun to go through early on like in the trip planning phase we'll get our route general route set and then we'll kind of go through and and pick and choose along the way like something that we might want to see or swing by on the way or something like that you know there is a free version of Road Trippers, but there's a limit on your waypoints. But you could download the free one and, you know, test it out, see what you think. And then the second part of that Road Pass is Campendium, which you use a lot for boondocking, correct? Yep, yep. They have a web app and they have just their website. I use both. You know, if I'm on my laptop doing some planning, I'll do that. If I'm on my phone... A lot of times I'll see, I'm in a couple of boondocking groups. If there's a spot that comes up that I don't know about, um, I will take the coordinates from the Campendia map and I'll put it in Google Maps and pin it. So that comes in handy just on my phone, you know, if I'm just browsing Facebook or whatever. Um, but that, we use Campendium all the time. You can filter out dump stations uh, and free campsites. And they do have an option to where you can put in, you know, a set amount of money you want to spend. Say I want to say no more than $25 a night on a campsite. I can set that filter and then see what's available. And they also have a free version too. I don't, it's very limited, but. Yeah. If you're like, we used to use, we used the free version less because one of the, one of the downsides of that was, I don't know if if it's still the case, but back then, one of the more important things that I would need when I was planning is cell service because we didn't have Starlink yet. So that I think that's an advantage of having the paid one. It tells you like cell signal and that kind of thing. And that's based on people who are at that site. They do a speed test on their phone and their network and it'll tell you, you know, the general speeds. Another good app to use is a gas app. I think we have gas buddy. Yep, I've used Gas Buddy. I've used that since before we were RVing just to get the best prices on fuel and gas. And another one is a weather app. There's Windy, which is a good one. It shows yep. the different wind. Yeah, it shows you if you're going to be driving into hurricane force winds with your RV, like in South Dakota. <laughs> you know, if you get a headwind, a 40-mile-an-hour headwind on the interstate, that's never fun. No. And we also use the National Weather Service and then, you know, other apps too. But definitely get a weather app. Another app that I don't think we use that much anymore is Allstay. But a lot of people love Allstay's app, the camp yep. app. But I, I don't know. Do we use that anymore? Very little. Very little. But that is a very popular app as well. So you can check that one out. They have a full app and a free app that you can check out. It shows campgrounds, rest areas, dump stations, all of the things. And then we use Google Maps. Yep. We use Google Maps. And like I said before, sometimes I will, most of the time, I will compare routes with Google Maps and like an RV-friendly one. And I want to make sure that I'm not going down any roads with like a low-clearance bridge or 
crazy railroad tr- railroad tracks or dirt roads or anything like that. Um, I, there, there's been a handful of times where I got burned by Google Maps and I ended up <laughs> down like a super narrow road or a low clearance one time in Ohio, I think, turned into this road and then 100 yards up there was a signed low clearance. So <laughs> had to unhook and turn around and drive the long way. Another app that you used to use, do you still, is the dirt? Do you still use that? Not really because um, before I would use that, I would use iOverlander. Mm-hmm. Before I really started getting into like Campendium and for like boondocking and stuff. So, And now we have Starlink. I'm not quite as picky. Like we can pretty much go anywhere we want. Before I was kind of chasing cell service. Mm-hmm. So I still have the apps and I still look at them once in a while, but uh, most of my planning is not done on those. All right, let's talk about the steps we take to planning your route. So number one, your route selection. Yeah, uh, planning for us usually looks like kind of get an idea where our end location is going to be mm-hmm. or a main point of interest in you know halfway through the year or something. Yeah, so we pick our beginning spot where we're at in January and then our ending spot where we want to end in December. Sometimes those places are the same spot. Yeah. <laughs> like it is this year. Uh, we started in Arizona. We're going to end in Arizona. Um, so then we fill in some of the other spots in between. So, for example, last year we knew we were getting Freya in northern Idaho, so we added that in there. Yep. Um, this year we knew we were starting in Yuma, and we knew we'd be ending in, like, northern Arizona area. But we were going to be going to Michigan for four months. And we knew we also were going to North Dakota. So we could plug all of those things in. And then we just have to fill in the middle parts. Yep. We look for things we want to avoid. Big one for me is mountain passes. But also low bridges, things like that. And we're just going to, like reroute around those sometimes you have to put like a fake pin in Um, yeah and that's what i was gonna say is sometimes if if i don't if i'm not really feeling the route that they're giving me i can add an extra pin somewhere else and kind of force it around something so we'll put in like a place to see or something or a gas station or something like that just so that it will kind of force it around you want to make sure when you're doing this that you have reliable maps you're going to want to look at multiple different versions. Sometimes, like Tony mentioned, he does the RV Trip Wizard, and then he also looks at Google Maps. The reason for that is RV Trip Wizard might not tell you where, like, construction is and stuff like yep. that, where Google would. Um, plus on Google, well, I guess you see it in RV Trip Wizard too, but you see that mountain ridge. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, don't want to do that. Yeah, and RV Trip Wizard typically takes you around it unless it's, like, the only – the only road, you know, for hundreds of miles, but that's usually not the case. Yeah. But it has uh, routed me through a mountain or two. You should also keep in mind your skill level and the size of your RV. So if you're brand new at this, you've never went over a mountain pass, maybe you don't want to go over the biggest one in Colorado. Um, yeah, start at the bunny hill. Yeah. <laughs> and you should also think about the size of your RV, you know, especially when you're out east where you yep. have all the bridges and stuff like that. When you're using a tool like RV Trip Wizard, you'll want to make sure that you're putting in enough points to make sure the route is almost like planned the way you want it to be at least. Yep. You don't have to fill in all of the spots in between. And a lot of times we don't like to because we don't know 
you know, what we're going to fall in love with on the way and want to do more of. So a lot of times we don't like to be too far planned out, but in we're talking in January at least. Yep. So in January, we have at least the outline of our route. We know the shape yeah, of we the always, route on the map. <laughs> we always start with a rough draft. Yeah. <laughs> and over the year, the course of the year, it definitely changes. Mm-hmm. Every year, it, it always changes some. But you definitely want to get at least a, like a rough draft of it, a, you know, like the shape of it, just so that you can make sure you're planning for any of those big surprises. Another thing when, when doing this, you'll want to think about things you want to see and like scenic drives and, mount, you know, pretty mountain byways, stuff like that. You want to make sure you add in those. Those roads are often longer, like more curvy, stuff like that, but take, in, take that into account when yeah. you're also planning. They're usually slower routes, mm-hmm. obviously, because they're, yeah, typically follow, like a lot of the scenic byways out west, they follow river valleys and stuff like that. So a little more curves, a lot slower pace. But gorgeous. But, yeah, very pretty. And then another thing, and I'm, pretty sure we mentioned this in every every um, step along the way here, but weather conditions. You want to make sure that you're taking into account the weather conditions in the area of that route during that time of year. Yep. So, you know, if you're getting to the mountains too soon in the year, then you may encounter snow. Or if you're going through Arizona during monsoon season, you know, so you want to make sure you keep track of the types of weather that's happening in those areas. Yeah. Yeah. Especially uh, if you're not, if you're not used to being at elevation, if you're from down South or out East in June, if you're in the Tetons, there could be a good chance that you get hailed on, uh, sleeted on, snowed on, freezing weather, (laughs) yelling at clouds. Yeah. So make sure it's wondering why (laughs) later than that. The second step of planning is putting in your stops and campgrounds. Mm -hmm. So after you have your rough draft, then you're going to want to start filling in those gaps. Um, And normally we kind of go like just a couple months out. So, you know, we have our rough plan set up in January. And then, you know, in January we'll have January, February, and maybe March planned. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, in February we'll add in April and so on. So we kind of keep a few months ahead. And it's usually... In the winter, especially, that's when we do a little bit more of our campground camping, like Thousand Trails and Encore. We can we can make those reservations. We can plug in all the, like, the confirmations mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Um, and then you're planned out. You don't really have to mess with it at all. When you're planning those stops and campgrounds, you'll want to make sure you're researching ahead of time for major attractions, national parks, museums, you know, different theme parks that you want to see. All of those things you'll want to plan ahead and make sure that you're adding those in as well so that you can make sure you have those stops and campgrounds close by. You also want to research ahead of time, especially national parks, for timed entry passes and those kinds of things. Because you don't want to get there and just, you know, on a whim and then be denied entry because you don't have a pass. Yeah, exactly. We've ran into a few different people, like, bummed out that they can't get in. Yep. And you're going to want to consider your preferences. Do you like sightseeing? Do you like um, busy city areas? Do you like the off the beaten path areas? Do you like reaching out your window and touching your neighbor? Or do you want a bigger area? (laughs) So make sure you're considering all those preferences when picking your stops and campgrounds. Campground selection is a big one. Do you need hookups? Do you need laundry? 
all of those things. Um, a lot of times, you know, we do a lot of boondocking and we love boondocking, but you don't have a lot of those things that you need. So then Tony will plan um, a campground stay. Mm-hmm. And we're not just going to do a normal campground. We're going to make sure it has all of the things that we're going to need, like laundry, stuff like that. Yep. Someplace where we can hook up and take a uh... 20-minute hot showers every day. <laughs> yeah, we wouldn't we wouldn't be boondocking for, you know, four weeks or whatever and then get a campground that didn't have full hookups. That'd be silly. Yeah, exactly. It, unless the only thing I can think of is maybe if it was a heat wave or something like that and we wanted to just run our AC nonstop. Yeah, just electricity. Yeah. You'll want to consider the memberships that you have already so that you can save on your budget. And then, again... I told you we're going to mention weather in every time, every step, but you're going to want to make sure you're thinking about the timing of your visit to make sure that you're, you know, there during a good weather time. Yeah. And that also kind of goes along with popular. You know, if, if it's spring break, you want to make sure that you're boondocking. (laughs) You're not in a campground. Or you planned way ahead for your campgrounds. Yes. And you're, well, even then you're going to be in a very busy campground more than likely. Yeah. So plan ahead for those kind of things. But that some people like that. Some people love like the, you know, the busy, the more party atmosphere and stuff like that, which we don't mind. We've never really been bothered by noise or busyness at campgrounds other than maybe a, being at a tight campground where everybody's super close. That's the only thing I don't prefer. But Yeah, I don't like being super close to people, but yeah. noise-wise, I think there's been two times that we've had noise issues. That one at the Colorado one with... We were there during a dog. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We were there during a dog. Uh, dog show. Dog show. And the neighbor next to us had like nine <laughs> yeah. barking dogs. <laughs> yeah, I believe that was a uh, English yapper. And they were on like a podcast. That was a podcast. So <laughs> yeah. if you go back into our original podcast, I'm sure you can find that one. Uh, and then I think, I don't know. That may have been the only time actually. Yeah. I mean, we've had really no noise issues. But you also want to plant, when you're planning your stops and your campgrounds, you want to make sure you're taking into account resting and relaxation. Like, you want to yep. make sure that you're not, like, go, 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 go the whole time, especially if you're full-time. Yeah. Uh, you do not want to be constantly going. Um, so plan ahead for just, you know, downtime as well. Yeah, sometimes you just need that full day of doing nothing. Maybe just sitting in your chair outside or sitting inside in the A.C. or – Something like that. Sometimes you just need to cool cool your jets and then, you know, maybe get ready for the next day or whatever. And then also don't forget to research boondocking spots in the areas. A lot of times, and I know we're biased to boondocking, but a lot of times the boondocking is better than the campgrounds, mm-hmm. 100%. And I'm talking out west near all the national parks, I guarantee you, most of the time there's a better boondocking spot than the campgrounds there. Yeah. So don't forget to like count, you know, if you have the capabilities of boondocking, even for a couple nights, I highly recommend it. And we have some pros and cons of boondocking, free camping tips, all of that. Uh, we have boondocking for beginners at the com slash 55. We have tips or uh, etiquette, uh, yep. stuff like that, at thefaolas.com slash 42. And then we have, like, a another podcast that we did in the very beginning of our podcast, thefaolas.com slash 6. 
And I'm sure that one will be interesting to see how we have changed over <laughs> <laughs> over the last couple of years. But um, that one is also on boondocking. If you are doing a lot of boondocking, you want to make sure that you have dump stations planned in or at least know where some of those are so that yep. you can you, you can use that. Yep. Another stop to make sure that you have added into your list are laundry places. I wouldn't have normally said that, but <laughs> after Big Bend, now yeah. I'm terrified. <laughs> The third step is flexible planning. So we're going to tell you to plan, 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 and then we're going to say, stop planning. No, just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to say, make sure you have a plan B, a plan C. Make sure you have some, like, some time to change your route. And we've done this multiple reasons. A big one is for weather. You want to change if it's too hot. We've done that before. You know, like we've had a route or we've had an area and it just, they had a heat wave. So we ended up changing plans. We've done this before um, because we fell in love with the area. You know, Idaho, we ended up loving Idaho. We were there for, we were supposed to be there for a week. And then we were going to be driving into the Tetons. We ended up driving through the entire state of Idaho, stayed there for like five or six weeks Mm -hmm. and then went into Glacier and then came down to the Tetons. Yep. So like totally changed that whole route. We were going to go a different way and we ended up going completely different way. That's the beauty of this lifestyle. If you're full time is to have that flexibility. Another thing to keep in mind is road closures, all of that. You'll want to make sure you have a different route around that. And then, you know, the medical emergencies, Make sure that you have, I would have, first of all, just side note, have like a, have a well-stocked med kit Mm -hmm. (laughs) for those emergencies. Cause when you're out in some of these areas, you may not be very close to a doc, you know, a doctor or a hospital or something. So have that, but then be able to plan for those medical emergencies as well. Yep. And then on the same way, medical emergencies for your RV. If something goes wrong with your RV, you could be sending it to the shop. So you're going to have to have some flexible planning there as well. Yeah. And again, we have a podcast on that. We talked about it earlier, thefailas.com slash 74. All right. The next step in planning your route is budget planning. For us, fuel. We plan, we budget a big big budget (laughs) for fuel. I think one of the biggest expenses for any type of RVer is fuel costs. Mm Mm-hmm. The more you move, the more it's going to cost. So if you're trying to keep that cost down, then staying longer in specific areas might be worth it. Yeah. Sometimes you might want to take advantage of that 14-day stay limit. Yeah. And then also using those tools that we talked about earlier, earlier, like Gas Buddy. Another thing to keep in mind in the budget area is campground fees. A lot of times... You know, those can get quite costly. I have like a hard rule that I've been trying to keep where we're trying, we don't stay anywhere that's more than $35. And And we've only broke that twice. And it's getting harder and harder, I feel like. I don't know. So far we're good. But when we go out east, it's going to be extremely hard. Yeah. I know that. Like we'll probably never find any place that we can stay. But right now we're pretty good because what we do is if we can't find one, then we boondock. (laughs) Um, but we're doing pretty good on that. But I mean, you have your luxury RV resorts. Those are going to be 75, 85, hundred, yep. you know? Um, so researching that ahead of time and deciding if you want to pay those prices or if you want to find something different and then budgeting appropriately. Yeah. And keep in mind, 
the price of your campground is going to vary greatly if it's close to a popular attraction. Mm-hmm. Like the campgrounds in, around Yellowstone are all going to be more expensive than a campground that's 30 miles away from Yellowstone. Yep. You know, maybe it's maybe it's only a $20 difference, but if you're staying there a week, that's a decent chunk of change. And see, that's a good one. That's a good example because I actually think the better campground is a boondocking spot. Yeah. And right down the road, there's one for like $100 at a camp for $100 a night or something. Yep. And I would much rather have been in the spot we were. We saw a moose walk through our, yeah, through our area. Exactly. <laughs> so it was really cool. Another thing in the budget area is meal cost. So a lot of times with full-time RVs, we actually go grocery shopping and, you know, cook out a lot. But a lot of times you want to get different meals in local areas or try different things. One thing that I like to keep in mind when I'm, like, grocery shopping is, uh, because we don't eat out a ton, but for the most part, we're always cooking our own meals. And when I do that, I try to buy enough, like, if I'm buying chicken I buy enough chicken for at least two or three meals. You know, I'll buy a big pack for 10 or $11 versus just a couple of chicken breasts for eight. That way I can freeze. We freeze a lot of meat and then we can just thaw it out. And we have it for later. And another reason to do that is if you're going to stay in a more remote area, mm-hmm. we've been to places that their grocery store was also their gas station. <laughs> they didn't have any produce and anything that they had like in their cooler or freezer was didn't look good and it was very expensive so keep that in mind keep that in <laughs> mind when you're before plan and shop before you get somewhere like something that we do is we hit a Walmart or a Costco or something like that even a few days before we're leaving the area that way we can stock up on our essentials Attraction fees. This is important, especially like national park passes, museums, any guided tours you want to do. If you want to go whitewater rafting, any of those fun things that you want to do, make sure you're planning ahead for those. Uh, I highly recommend getting the national park pass if you plan on going to, you know, more than a couple national parks. If you're a full-time RVer, it's like a, you just have to do it, Mm -hmm. I would say. Um, Totally worth it. Uh, Especially as as often as we go into the same park. Yeah. And then, you know, because a lot of times you just buy a pass and it's a seven-day pass. Mm -hmm. But if we're there for two weeks, if you have to buy that pass twice, you're almost at the same price as a uh, national park pass. So Another thing to look into, and we'll link this in the show notes, is a pass that gets you into museums across the country or science places or... Uh, children's museums, stuff like that. We actually have one that does all children's museums, zoos, and science places. Or is there more to it than that? I don't remember. Okay. Well, that's why I said I'll link it because I'm not exactly sure what it is, but I'll link it in the show notes. It's a it's a really good one. We paid like 150 bucks or something yep. for it, and it gets us a discount all over the country to all of those different types of things. Yeah. And we've already been using it, so it's great. Another thing to keep in mind is toll fees or parking fees. If you're in the city, you might need to park somewhere, you know, to keep that all in mind when adding in your budget. Yeah, typically when we plan a route or an area, um, my planning involves no tolls. Sometimes it's unavoidable. Like in Michigan, if you're going from the lower peninsula to the upper peninsula, you have to cross the Mackinac Bridge. There is a fee to do that. So sometimes you just can't avoid it. But if you're driving from... Ohio to New Jersey, 
There is a turnpike there that can cost you, you know, $40, $50, $60 to do the whole length. Or you can take alternate routes that are free. Mm -hmm. I would have an emergency fund, you know, especially if you're in a trailer or an RV. You know, things go wrong all the time. You may need to have some RV maintenance. Tires or other maintenance issues. Um, you know, stuff that can just happen as you're driving down the road. Insurance and roadside assistance is another thing to keep in mind. You want to make sure you have both of those things. Yeah, and you can get stuff like that, especially RV specific through like Good Sam and, and those types of um, RV memberships. Okay, step five, local regulations. This is where the different campground rules come in. You know, quiet hours, stuff like that. You want to make sure you're looking ahead at the campgrounds that you have and make sure that you're going to fit into that campground. Not physically, but (laughs) socially. (laughs) You know, if they're very, very strict, I've seen some things going around on the internet, like of some really strict campgrounds, you know, that might not be your spot. Or, you know, if they have specific pet policies, you know, maybe they don't allow pets at all and you have two. Yeah, we everywhere I think every campground we've ever checked into had some sort of aggressive breed policy which I guess that's up to that's their discretion. I don't know, you know, mm-hmm. but um so keep that in mind, you know, depending on the type of dog you travel with, if you are. Yeah. Yeah, you might want to look into that ahead of time. There's different boondocking laws across the country, uh, so you want to make sure you know what the laws are where you're boondocking. Your vehicle size restrictions, this is important with roads, bridges, tunnels, all of those things. Um, But also different national parks, monuments. Yep. We ran into that where our RV actually didn't work in the area. We didn't know that ahead of time, so we had to turn around. Yeah, we made it all the way to the visitor center, and that's as far as we could go. Another one is parking restrictions. This is important if you're just staying overnight somewhere. So most of the time you can stay at a Walmart anywhere across the country. There's a few, though, in certain cities, in certain areas that don't allow it, and that's because the area has a restriction on it. Yeah, there's like a local ordinance that doesn't allow overnight parking anywhere. Mm-hmm. So you want to make sure you know those things or at least pay attention to them so that you can move. And sometimes you'll run into an area that you didn't know had that, like that happened to us once, and then there was signs saying, you know, it's a local ordinance, you can't stay here. Yep. Um, so in that case, we had to have flexible planning yep. and, <laughs> and find a new spot. Yep, exactly. One that comes to mind is, I think it was Helena, Montana. That was a, it was a one-nighter. We were going to stay there. And then the next day, I think we are going to go to the Capitol building and hang out and check that out. But as soon as we got to Walmart... There were huge signs, like bigger than normal signs, saying, you know, no overnight parking for RVs or semi-trucks. Uh, that was a Walmart that closed at 11. I did go in and ask, you know, if if they would allow it. They said, uh, no, the city doesn't allow it. And when we come out, uh, we, go, we make rounds and we will have the sheriff come through and ask everybody to leave if they're here. Hmm. And also keep in mind, uh, most rest areas do allow overnight parking, but there are certain states in certain areas that only let you stay a certain amount of time. Sometimes it's not even overnight. Mm-hmm. It's like some, eight hours, some, five hours. Yes, exactly. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's, um, you know, a shorter time span. So I would say at a rest area, you know, my, my train of thought is always like if I'm just here to sleep and I'm not like grilling or, you know, mm-hmm. rolling out the rug and riding my bike, I think it's fine. 
I think what they do, and and I could be wrong here, but there are some, I mean, there's actually some rest areas we've been that said no overnight parking. So I think what this is for, though, is so that if you're there multiple days or if you, like, break down and you're, you know, waiting to be fixed and all this other stuff, that the police have a way of telling you you have to move along because there's this restriction. I don't think that if you pull in at a rest area and you're staying overnight and leaving in the morning and you're not all, like, laid out with your rug and stuff, I I doubt that they would ever knock on the door. But there could be cases, and, you know, you may be one of those. You're like, oh, no, that's happened to me, and that that could be the case. But for the most part, at a rest area, I don't think that's going to be an an issue, especially if you are literally stopping because you're exhausted. Yep. <laughs> like it's either that or get an accident. So um, I think rest areas is normally safe for a one nighter. Yeah. Especially if you're behaving yourself. But if you are concerned about it, you can look it up. So I, the best way for me to do this, I do this all the time. You can type in, you know, let's say you're in Ohio. You could say Ohio rest area overnight stays or something like that. Just Google it and it'll pop up with like a little description and it'll tell you like right away. You know, you can stay five hours or there is no overnight staying, but it's this time. And then at least you know the rule and then then you do what you will. Yeah. And also uh, there's there is an app that I've used before. I think I have it on my phone. Um, it is a rest areas app. The next thing to keep in mind is fire restrictions. So depending on the time of year and location, there may be fire bans, restrictions. We actually have been in a couple areas that they've closed roads because of it. Mm -hmm. Um, We were in Glacier one time, and they were having some fire. There was fires right nearby. Do you remember that? Yeah. And I think either they had said that we might have to move or something. I don't remember exactly what was happening. But we had to, like, watch that area to make sure that it wasn't moving our way. And that, that can be part of a weather app. You know, some weather apps have paid paid layers where some of them could be active wildfires or wildfire smoke and stuff like that. So that can come into trip planning as well. Gaia also has that. And Gaia, yep. And that's it. That's how we plan our routes. Just five easy steps. <laughs> <laughs> um, they're just kind of like check boxes, right? You start off with your rough draft and then you work your way through checking the boxes, making sure that you're taking into account every possible solution that could happen. It's not hard. If Tony can do it, you anyone can. No, yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> my, well, my, yeah, my advice for that is if you don't have RV Trip Wizard and you listen to this and say, you know what, I'm going to give it a shot, try it out. At first, for me, it was a little overwhelming because there's a lot of layers to that. There's a lot of things that you can adjust. It just took me, you know, a few hours of messing around with it and just pretend planning and mm-hmm. uh, looking at all the filters and just getting the controls down and, and seeing what, what things do what. And um, I actually enjoy it now. So It's just a nice place to keep all your yeah. information on that so that you know you can go to the one spot and get it. Um, but this is not an ad for them at all. We're not affiliated with them or anything like that. This is literally just us telling you it's the best tool that we've come across. Yeah. And we pay fully for them, and we also pay for road trippers. And we use road trippers for just fun finding fun things, and we use RV Trip Wizard for our trip planning. But if you're listening from RV Trip Wizard, feel free to jump on board. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, But what are your favorite tools? Let us know. You can let us know by 
clicking the button on our website. There's a little yellow button. Tell us your favorite tools that you like to use when trip planning. If we didn't say it, if we did say it and you love it, let us know. Do you have a paper map and use a highlighter? Yeah. We have a paper we have a paper map that we do after. Yeah. Well, we haven't done it in a long time. But we have it. And I think we're gonna leave it in Michigan because it's <laughs> but I was doing it for a while. I thought that was fun. But yeah, let us know. Either DM us on Facebook, Instagram, send us an email, let us know on our website. We want to know the tools that you're using. Maybe maybe there's something out there that we haven't tried that's does all the things that we want to do in one app. That would be even cooler. And hopefully these tips will help you when planning so you don't stress out. And maybe uh, it'll calm the, I don't know, the, the people out there, they're always like, aren't you stressed about where you're going to be in a couple months? I love that one. It's like, yep. I've actually never stressed about that. Never. <laughs> There's always <I'm> not, somewhere. <laughs> I know the general area I'm going to be in a couple months. Yeah. <laughs> as long not. as we don't find somewhere we want to go before that. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Because there could be a reroute. Exactly. Some people, though, like to be way planned out, and I think that that's totally doable, by the way. I actually think it's more stressful to be too far planned out because then we have to leave, and I feel like we have, we're obligated to be in certain spots. I hate that feeling, actually. Yeah. So I do like it to be a little bit more loose. All right, well, that's a wrap today. And hopefully these tips will help you when you plan your next route. It'll make sure you have a relaxed and enjoyable adventure. Bye. Bye. See you later. Hello, hello, hello. La 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 la. Hitting the button. Got no time for that. In this episode, we are talk we're talking about. <laughs> okay, put that at the beginning. I probably won't. <laughs> okay. <laughs> they don't they don't like to let bus conversions and stuff stay if they're over ten years, but they'll They'll let a trailer sit there for 40. <laughs> oh, yeah. that's. I was like, what is this law I put here? But it's our podcast. It's just in all caps. So I thought it was a law. <laughs> People versus. Yeah, exactly. So a big thing when you're planning the different camps. Water park starts tomorrow at 10 a.m. your calendar water park alexa for rv planner or rv journey okay hold on one of the biggest she's a piece that's it thanks bye (laughs) just kidding (laughs) don't say that